Hey, hey, welcome back, team. How you doing, you carbon-based, atmosphere-breathing, cell-respirating, protein-synthesizing, food-metabolizing, water-drinking, self-talking, life-living, life-loving, homo sapiens? How you doing out there, you beautiful dust specs? Welcome to episode 14 here, cruising along in our little weird podcast world that is the beautiful dust specs. I want to call it, like, beautiful dust specs radio. It's, like, way cooler, but I feel like I'm poaching my favorite radio lab by doing that. Anyways, this show that you are about to listen to is a show about connections. It's a show about talking and learning and teaching that the world of wonder, all the wonder that you need is right there at your fingertips and it is surrounding you. Enjoying the ability to be a homo sapien, enjoying the ability to be human and this idea of thought, cognition and higher learning. The thing that separates us from all other stuff is our ability to learn and that learning and that thinking has manifested in the concepts of science. Humans taking the audacious ability, the scientific age of humans has only been in like the last 500 years years to embark on this journey to show us and try to teach us that the world around us is amazing and that's what we do on this show that's what we're trying to accomplish we're talking about connections starting with episode 11 this concepts of ecology that all things are connected in all ways shapes or form the carbon the nitrogen the phosphorus the metabolic engines in episode 12 and 13 that create the biological molecules that make up use so that you can take things and put it into your face put it into the machinery of a cell, mix it up with some DNA and some protein, and you create a human, a walking, talking, thinking, feeling thing that can manifest into poetry, music, sadness, happiness, wonder, and awe. This awesome, amazing body that you have that is energized by starlight, like we talked about in previous episodes, talking about episode seven, that you are a collection of cellular respiration, breathing in that oxygen, mixing it with water and the sugar that you've been taken from your food, and it will energize the wonderful battery that is you and this human being. And all that energy comes from photosynthesis, comes from the autotrophs of the world that can literally eat the sunlight, and it's all held together by the wonderfulness of gravity, stuck to this rock that's going around this sun so you are an intergalactic ball of stellar debris energized by starlight and that's what i want you to see i want you to inhale deeply ponder that thought and know that you were amazing know that you were epic and awesome because of what the world gives you and at the core of this one of the things that we do not understand enough of and one of the things that we don't give enough credit to is this amazing solid liquid gas thing on this planet that we call h2o good old water Water. water is everywhere. Water is the essence of life, bro. Like, people always say that. Like, yeah, man, like water. It's like the essence of life. What is that? You don't even, even know what that means? Let's break it down. Why is that? Anywhere on this globe, anywhere that we have found so far that there is water and an energy source, water and thermal or chemical energy, there's not just life, there's life. This blue-green oasis of a planet has life teeming on its surface, and at the core of it, you have to have water. If there is no water somewhere, there is less life life. Water, temperature and precipitation is what makes the biomes. You take a lot of temperature and a lot of precipitation, you have the biodiversity of a tropical rainforest, of a jungle. You take very, very little precipitation. If it's cold, you have a tundra. If it's hot, you have a desert. There's not a lot of life there because there's not a lot of usable water. Water allows for the sustainability of things, of plants. And water regulates this, you know, Gaia hypothesis organism that what we are. If you ever go outside and you stay in the wind and you just wonder like where does this wind come from where is this weather where is this rain we're having crazy weather right now in illinois because i think the planet's broken from global climate change it's not broken you know what i mean it's just 
finding a new norm but anyways good old carbon dioxide and greenhouse effect burn baby burn oil baby oil so this water this air this oxygen this weather comes from the fact that water can obtain this energy and water at the equator gets hot and then at the poles it cools and it creates these convection currents this cyclic process of energy of water of nature and this will then pull weather together it will then create the you know currents in the air that will pull the energy temperature and precipitation throughout all of the ecosystems and it will allow you to do the things that you love the things that you hate the things that just make up everything on this life because water is vital and water does all this because it has these amazing properties we're going to talk about so as we get going here the craziness of this planet is that it has copious amounts of water we have found water on other we think there's water on other moons and other celestial objects we find traces of water on mars and the nerds are like whoa and they should be because i really hope we find extraterrestrial life on somewhere because we're searching for water we're searching for this because there's energy from the sun and there's water usually there's life so let's think about it when this earth formed up first off the water that you drink one of the things that gets me so pumped to think about is that the water in my coffee right now the water that is when i'm drinking that the water in my water bottle I'm going to take to school here in a couple of minutes is has been here for so long. It's been here for billions and billions and billions of years. Incredible, incredible amounts. And remember, million, billion, trillion. Count to three million. Count one, one number, one, two, three. Every second to three million, you'll be three years old. It would take you three years of life, of 24-hour cycles, three full years to count to a million. Continue on to a billion, you would be 31. 31 years of age. However, going on to a trillion, you would be 31,000 years old. So you drop a million, a billion, and a trillion in terms of the number, it's beyond immeasurable staggering. So when I tell you this water's been here for 3.5, give or take, billion years, that's amazing. But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't evaporate. If it evaporates, we're Mars. We're dead. We don't want that. It does not go into space because gravity holds on to it. Gravity in the ozone layers and the, the atmospheric and the stratosphere and the troposphere, the, the layers of our atmosphere is really what it does. It's one of the best things. The pot is on the water. The pot is on the lid. If you take the lid off, the, the water will evaporate just like you're, you know, you forgot you were born in water for your spaghetti and it's over i do that because i have adhd and i forget things sometimes but that is what allows for us to go this water has been here for so long and the scientists don't quite know where it came from because five billion years ago when this solar system formed the particles that are there there's water all over space it's just not found in the form of liquid there's lots of gas and there's lots of ice so when this star this star ignited it would have either evaporated the water and blown the water out into space and it would have been too hot for the icy bodies to go it would have gone way out past the frost line and that's very it's a different topic but the the rocks at the inner core the inner solar system the terrestrial planets would have been able to hold on to it and where did it come from then a lot of scientists believe it came from icy meteorites it came on it, it came in from these little rocks that are made of like 25 percent water and early earth would have been crazy it just would have been like just, just a bombardment period just crazy amounts of stuff colliding with our planet but the gravity in the atmosphere this it was actually very very co2 rich which is a carbon dioxide which is really why the greenhouse effect works it works because it traps water vapor so this water that would evaporate from the meteorite collisions were able to hang on and then it rained and it rained for millions and millions of years 
And once it rained, we now find these pillow rocks. We know this because this pillow rock exists, which is a rock that only is formed when it's lava being submerged into water. And the oldest rocks that we know of that haven't gone through the rock cycle, there's no rocks that date back to the dawn of time, the dawn of time on Earth, I'm sorry, because they would have gone through the cycles. But the oldest rocks we know of are pillow rocks, and they're roughly 3.5 billion years old, meaning that water existed 3.5 billion years ago. And that's wonderful. That's an amazing thing to comprehend. So when you take a drink of your water today, you swig some water from your water bottle. That water has been here, y'all. That water has been on a journey. That water has been in the ground, in the plants, in the air, in the ocean, in the rivers, in the streams, in the ponds, in the dinosaurs, in your in, in, in your grandma, in Napoleon. It doesn't matter. It could have gone through this over and over and over. You live in a pretty small area with a pretty, pretty small watershed. You've probably drank the water molecules multiple times. You've shared it with your neighbor. It's been a part of it. We have amazing water treatment abilities to take wastewater and turn it back into drinking water. But fresh water is an amazing thing. You know, water is everywhere. Our planet, this amazing planet that we call Earth, has 75%, I'm sorry, 70% of it is water. 75%. Only one-fourth of the surface is actually rock, is actually a continent that you can stand on. Of this water, 96.5% of it is found in the ocean. That's the vast, vast majority is this salty rock, salt water. Only one, then there's 1.7% is found in the ground, 1.7% is found in the glaciers, and leaving only 0.0001% left over in the air. So of that 1.7% groundwater, 2.5% of that is freshwater. So the incredible minority of water on this planet is freshwater that you can drink and turn, you know, assimilate into your body. And 98% of that fresh water is found in the ice, is in the glaciers. And you're like, let's go get it. But remember, the glaciers are about the balance. And that's this whole wonder of the craziness of this global climate change, that if we change the ice, the ice will melt. It's just displacement. That water has to go somewhere. It's going to go up our shores. It's going to limit the very already very, very small we think it's huge, but one-fourth of the planet is continents. That's not a lot of land for sustaining life, terrestrial life, including crazy terrestrial humans. And there's only 0.3% of that can actually be found in lakes, rivers, and streams and ponds. So we got to take care of that. We have to make sure that that's there because this water's been on this crazy journey. Going back a little bit, when it formed up, it wasn't the beautiful green oasis that is the planet that we have today. It was green oceans and like very gnarly, gnarly atmosphere, CO2-rich atmosphere, and in essence, rust. It had iron, not rust, sorry, it had an iron-rich ocean. It's not the blue-green, beautiful place that what it is. However, we come full circle again, coming back to the autotroph. So how did the oceans form up into the way they are today? How did the atmosphere form up into the way today? They believe that there was an algae called a stromatolite that formed up into the shallow oceans that were some of the first to have chlorophyll and the amazing ability, the wonderful, awesome, awe-inspiring ability, the superpower of the autotrophs called photosynthesis. And remember, photosynthesis takes in water and CO2 and outshoots sugar and oxygen. So if millions and millions of years go by, you know, infinite amounts of cubic centimeters of oxygen is not only permeated into the atmosphere, it's also permeated it into the water. And that you, you, mix, you mix iron with oxygen, it oxidizes and it rusts and it sinks to the bottom, leaving behind the blue oasis that what it was. Atmospheric going upwards, taking the CO2 from the atmosphere and turning it into oxygen. So the walking, talking, thinking, feeling world, the breathing, drinking world that is this blue-green oasis today was created 
created and tailor-made by these amazing tiny little algae, these little green things that sit on a rock. I mean, think of the connections. You're breathing in this air right now because of a tiny little photosynthetic algae. It looks like slime. It'd be like crap on your boat that you'd like want to get off there with a sponge is the reason I'm breathing, is the reason I'm thinking, walking, talking, thinking, feeling right now because the water is there. So that's like an amazing thing in itself. See, connections upon connections, constantly finding new ideas and new connections to ponder through the wonders that is science. So this vital thing for life does so many amazing things on this globe. I think I'm going to break this down and I'll put up two episodes here. This first one will just be about like kind of, let's just talk for a second about what this stuff does. The water in the ocean is really where the weather comes from. It's where the energy from the equator is transferred throughout the poles. This temperature precipitation can create all the biomes, the tropical rainforests, savannas, temperate deciduous forests, tundras, taigas, coniferous forests, you know, grasslands, uh, freshwater ecosystems, marine ecosystems. It comes down to temperature and precipitation, how much rain there is. I used to be have a cool life, and I used to live in Tahoe, and I lived at 7,200 feet in Nevada. I lived up at a heavenly resort and you could see that we get eight feet of snow up on the mountain and down in the nevada valley was totally barren and it's a thing called the rain shadow effect you know the ability just showing you the drastic ecosystem changes to my one side was the luscious you know carnivorous forest and amazingness that is california and on the back side of the mountain was then a boring you know desert nevada valley sorry nevada i think you're a little boring compared to california it's because the rain doesn't can't make it up as the cloud goes up the up the mountain it loses its water and by the time it's going down the mountain it doesn't have any precipitation left and that's the ecosystem you give precipitation and temperature to one side flourish in california you limit the precipitation and you have a desert you have a flatter more barren valley and it still works it's still a wonderful thing you know but that's the amazingness of the water and it can do this because the water can hold on to the heat and we'll talk about the characteristics it relates to its high specific heat capacity it can get hot and that hot water will rise, cold water will sink, and as it goes, it'll create the currents, the oceanic currents. You know, all this wonderful, crazy weather that we're having is really, it's about changing the oceanic currents. El Nino and La Nina is about changing oceanic current, which will change weather patterns because it'll change the temperature and precipitation that will pull throughout the whole globe. Go outside on a windy day and just feel the wind and be like, where are you coming from, wind? I, I used to wonder this as a kid. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's this force that hits me in the face, but where is it going? It's because water is, it, it's from this. It's from the energies, hot and, hot and cold air cycling through these convection currents. Hot air will rise, cold air will sink, and it'll go towards the void and it'll create like a little square. That's the, that's the lake effect. That's why it's beautiful to sit on the shores of an ocean or a lake and feel the breeze coming off because that water has obtained the energy from the air, cooling it, and then, the, then the, you know, where the, where the land will hold on to a ton of it. Speaking of land holding on, one of the other things this, this does, and a fun thing to quickly ponder, think about the ability when you guys go outside, think about like the summer. It's a really hot day in the summer, and you go out and you're playing with your homies and the sun's going down. It progressively gets nicer. It gets cooler and cooler and cooler because it doesn't just like snap cold like it's not just like you're at a fire and you're like all right cool like it's super hot sun's gone oh i'm freezing it goes slowly because there's water in the in the soil in the ground there's a bunch of water that is holding on to that energy but when it's not refueled by the starlight the sunlight hitting it throughout the day it'll lose its energy up into space it'll evaporate it not i'm sorry it won't evaporate it'll just transfer from high energy to low it'll just go through thermodynamics go back up into space and if it's not replenished until the morning 
running, it'll just slowly, slowly cool. That's why, like, think of a desert. A desert's an amazing thing. A lot of people that sometimes, a lot, I don't know about equal, but if you're trapped in a desert and you get lost, it's just as dangerous at night as it is during the day. During the day, you can dehydrate and cook and you'll, you'll die from heat exhaustion. But during the night, it drastically changes temperature because there's no water in the soil. So there's no water in the soil. The ground will not be warm and it will not permeate energy upwards and it will then be very, very cold. And that can then, you know, drastic swings. Thinking about how hot it can be during the day and how cold it can be during night is an incredible thing. And it's because of water. It's because of this ability to regulate temperature and air currents. So during the weather, the rain, the wind, the precipitation, all this, we as humans like don't like it. You don't like rainy days. You like sunny days, but the rain is so vital. The rain keeps things going. The massive droughts that are taking place throughout the world right now are terrifying because it's also food production. Of this fresh water, it takes over 500 billion gallons of water a year to just just water the crops, just to water the food that we eat. And you know, then we give it to we give it to animals, and right? I don't know. I, I don't want to be a vegetarian, but it sure makes sense sometimes on a green scale. So that's just incredible. And that's just in the USA alone. So this water is what we have. So breaking down, closing out this episode, it has these seven characteristics. And we're going to talk about them in the next one. So water has this amazing ability to be polar. It has this tiny little tetrahedral bond. The oxygen is slightly more negative than the hydrogen. It's bent at this slight little angle. It's not in a straight line. It doesn't go hydrogen, oxygen, hydrogen in a straight line. It has this slight tetrahedral bond, this tight, slight tetrahedral bend which doesn't seem like a lot, but it allows for the molecule to be polar, which allows for the hydrogen bonding. It allows for water to stick to itself through the process of cohesion. It can also stick to other surfaces through the process of adhesion. And this is vital for things like getting water up the plant. It also is the universal solvent. This polarity, it's sticky. It can stick the things and rip them apart. Put salt in a glass of water and stir it. The salt disappears. Where did it go? It's still in there. It's just now broken down. That sodium chloride has now been ripped apart by the water molecules that are strongly bonded together, breaking their weaker and weaker bonds. Also, it has the ability of a crazy thing. First off, it's, it's the only element, it's the only thing that we know, the only molecule we know about on the globe that exists in both its solid, liquid, and gas form. And when it goes from a liquid to a solid, it turns to ice. Something you've probably never comprehended that's amazing about it is that the ice will float. Ice floating on the surface of water is an amazing property of water. Ice floating allows for ecosystems to sustain throughout the winter months and not just decimate aquatic ecosystems. And if you know something about ecology, aquatic ecosystems is where most of the phyto, most of the phytoplankton are. It's where most of the photosynthesis of the globe takes place. So ice floating through its hydrogen bonds, through its crystalline structure is amazing. Another one, it has a high specific heat and a high heat of vaporization, which is what relates to the temperature and the regulation. It can hold on to a lot of energy and transfer it, and that's amazing. It can hold on to a ton of energy before it evaporates, but it will evaporate, go from a liquid to a gas, and back and forth, and the cycles through the water cycle continue, giving us temperature precipitation in all things. It also has this neutral pH. It is right in the middle on the pH scale between 0 and 14. It can neutralize bases and acids, and that's an amazing 
absolute amazing property. So we're going to do we'll do another episode here where I'll break down these seven characteristics and how they relate to life. But for right now, just enjoy this and think about this idea and take some time to take a drink of water. This hydrating thing that you need, it lubricates joints, you know, takes care of your eyes. It allows for molecular molecules to be broken down and metabolism to take place. It is absolutely vital to what you are. You cannot you can live longer without eating food than you can drinking water because water is that vital to you. It will break you down. You'll overheat. Your body temperature will re-regulate. Your muscles will spasm. Your brain will actually shrink. It's just everything to you. So go out today and drink your water bottle and know that those little tiny water molecules have been there for 3.5 billion years. Those things have been on this globe doing the things that they do, being them, being a part of this thing that is life for so long, for such an incredibly long period of time. And marvel at that. Be stoked on water and be excited and happy that you get the ability to live in a country, if you live there, that has fresh drinking water that you can either stand under in a shower or you can ingest into your body without getting sick. Huge amounts, 2.5 billion people and the number is rising, do not have access to fresh water. And that is what causes so many of these things, these sicknesses in third world countries, is because you have to drink water. So if you're not drinking clean, fresh water, you have a rough life. So if you have that, maybe help some people, donate to some water charities, which which is a really powerful thing and a really easy way to altruistically help the world around you. But if anything, enjoy the water. Enjoy your fresh drinking water that you have. And know that I'm going to teach you about why this water is so epic. So it is the essence of life, bro. It is like all things amazing, bro. It is, and it's awesome, and it's in your water bottle right now, and you can ingest it into your face and go about this world and enjoy being a walking, talking, thinking, feeling thing that is a human, hydrated by this amazing hydrogens and oxygens bound up into the water molecule of H2O, dihydrogen monoxide. That's not how you say it. Just hydrogen dioxide. That's not right. She's all over the place here. So... Enjoy it today, guys. Be the hydrated little creature that you are and enjoy this wonderful thing that is life. And if you want, if you can, if you'd like to connect with me, go on to Twitter at, at the, under, the underscore science bro. That's my Twitter handle that associates to this. Leave me a comment. Link, I'll link to the episode. Please tweet it. If you, or you don't have to tweet it. If you want to retweet it, that's great. Help it get the word out there and let's keep going. Let's keep pushing the science around and making people wonder and think. Thinking's awesome facebook.com forward slash beautiful dust specs you can also find me on soundcloud at beautiful dust specs you can have instagram at beautiful dust specs and any of these any of these conduits can allow you to comment and communicate with me and i need that i want that i want to communicate with the audience there's not a huge audience out there right now so if you're one of them please like it rate and review me on itunes it's the easiest way to help me increase the popularity not to get famous just to one day possibly increase the audience and that's what we're doing the mission is to get the knowledge out there to get the world around us to be a happier walking talking thinking feeling society it's not to make money off of this so that's what i need from you guys though and let me know let me know what you want to hear more about let me know what resonated with you or didn't and that's great you know you also have beautifuldustspecs.com is the blog you can always comment and read and check out the show notes there and lastly, if you want to help me out, all the only way to do that right now is you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash beautiful dust specs and you get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of Audible. You can take this hydrated brain and fill it up with audio-based book reading to permeate the neuroplasticity, episode two of Beautiful Dust Specs, and allow to keep moving on this walking, talking, thinking, feeling world, enjoying the thing that you call life. So have a wonderfully amazing hydrated day. Drink your water, stand up tall, and love this thing that is your life.
Have a good week.